Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Good morning. What a beautiful day out. And we have a lot to cover for you today. Not used to having Jerry in the studio. It's good to have him back. He's ahead of me now, so when I get in here, i got to get everything arranged. Usually I have time to wander in here, play with how the microphone is, where the phones are at. So it might take me a segment or two to get organized here, but we're going to cover a lot of stuff. We're going to cover fly fishing uh, in the rivers. We're going to cover both locally around here and down the Arkansas later on in the hour. We're going to cover uh, fishing in southeast Colorado today. Uh, I'd like John Martin and those lakes, and it should be phenomenal. It needs to be on your uh, radar. In fact, I posted on Facebook uh, an update from last year, and we're having Jim Ramsey on again later today, about the incredible fishing at John Martin right now. So if you haven't taken advantage of that yet, put it on your radar. Listen uh, later on this hour for that. Talk a little bit about turkey patterning on your guns in the second hour. Also in the second hour, we're going to talk about Ticks. Now, we did this uh, last year, and by the way, I posted my column from the Denver Post on Facebook about ticks also, and it really it really is uh, something you need to be aware of. The diseases spread by ticks just seem to be spreading more and more and beginning becoming more prolific, and they can cause lifetime changes, life changes for the rest of your life. So stay tuned for that, but let's go to the phones right now. And joining us from, uh, I think I, I might have hit that wrong. Let me see. Are you there, Chris? One more. One more. Let's see. There we go. Now you're there. Joining us yeah. is uh, Chris from Blue Quill Angler. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, had to, I couldn't hardly reach the phone and then the button. I had to hit it twice. So it's just like a new guy here. It's only been 22 years, so I'll get used to it eventually. So. <laughs> You're cutting out a little bit on me, Chris, but hopefully that'll be okay. Um, But, Chris, the reason I wanted to bring you on, Blue Quill Angler, of course, so you guys fish the South Platte a lot, but you keep track of rivers all over the state. I want to talk about some current conditions, but I also want to start looking forward out into what may happen as we get into this spring because we have a very... um, ample, should I say, snowpack across the state, and it could have a real effect. It's going to have a positive effect on fisheries, but it could have a real effect on how fishermen approach fishing at least the first half of summer and into, you know, spring into summer, and we just don't know how it's going to come yet, but do you think, don't you think we're just going to, we could see some real, real impact, right? Yeah, you betcha. We're going to have, I think ample was a good way of describing our snowpack. Uh, but yeah, we will no doubt have a high water season this season. All right. I don't know if you're moving your phone, but you cut out a little bit once in a while, so we'll try to make sure that we stay with it. But first of all, uh, let's talk Blue Quill Angler. Of course, you have a great stable of guides and classes. We want to talk about that before you go. But what are you seeing out there right now? I mean, it's a beautiful weekend. we got some nice weather coming up. Where would you be fishing, and what do you see going on out there right now? Yeah, so uh, we have basically our blueing olives started to hatch not too long ago and that's for those who don't understand that is a bug that is basically our springtime indicator and 
it makes fishing incredibly fun. Um, the fish move into really shallow water, move into a lot of riffled water, and it's just it, every every river right now is starting to produce nicely in terms of fish counts. Well, and I think you're absolutely true. And we haven't really seen the runoff. We may have seen some increased flows, but we haven't seen major runoff yet. So are you seeing a lot of float fishing going on? Are you seeing a lot of walk waiting? What are you seeing as far as river levels and how how fishermen are approaching them? Yeah, so right now, um, you know, we still have some low water on the South Platte. Um, and that's going to change every week now, especially once we start getting some of our rainy season here. Well, we're doing a lot of walkway trips right now, and it's fishing's been really, really productive. It's been the South Platte's been a great, great spot as of recently. And then up north on the Colorado River, we're starting to do some float trips up there, and um, the walk waiting up there as well. And it's a uh, both on the dry flies and the nymphs for the fly fishermen. Dry flies have been really productive about one, two o'clock in the afternoon for the blueing olives. And in the morning, it's been really good nymph fishing. Well, and I think what we're we're headed for here is, you know, we've got this low flows. It's very fishable right now. And I think uh, we've got hardcore anglers who've been out all winter. Some guys like you, you don't put your fly rod away the entire winter, and you shouldn't because there are good opportunities throughout the winter in Colorado, some of my best fly fishing. But now we're going to start seeing the guys that like to see a little better weather and and what's going on getting out there. We're going to see more people on the river. And I think right now, if you want to fish the rivers, I think you're absolutely right. The flows are starting to come up a little bit, but you really probably need to get out there in the next two, three weeks before things start blowing out, don't you think? Oh, exactly. I'd say probably be seeing a lot of high water, uh, not only here in the front range, but statewide. And the fishing up until that point, is a great time to get on the river. It's really, it's like blowing off the bigger bites. The cattle start hatching. And the fish are a little bit more cooperative than they are in those cold January and February Well, a couple of things go on there. One, these fish haven't been harassed as much through the winter as they will. They won't see as many anglers. Um, you're right. There's a, you know, the rainbows are trying to spawn, so they're getting a little aggressive. The browns will be chasing the rainbows for the eggs. So we see a lot of we see a lot of that activity right now. That's starting to, you know, they're getting ready for that. And it is still very fishable water. If you were gonna head out, I want to move on in a minute and talk about as these these currents take off and safety and where to fish. But before we do that, if you were going to head out this next week, you got any specific spots, either ones you guys guide on where somebody could book a trip or one that if somebody's looking to go do some walk waiting, where would you send them? Yeah, you know what? I would say the South Platte right now. Um, out of Cheeseman Dam, we have about 90 CFS coming down, um, and it makes the Deckers areas just great. Down there, Trumbull, the flows are a little bit higher. After we have a couple different tributary creeks, they're dumping in a little bit more water. And so for the time being, Deckers is a great option, nice close to Denver. Um, We're doing a little bit on the Blue River. And another fun choice this time of year is the Colorado. Um, The Colorado is great for a day trip. Uh, The brown trout are really starting to come alive. Obviously, the rainbow is starting to spawn up there pretty heavily as well. So the Colorado is a great, great river, especially if you're looking to get away from some of the crowds that you might see on the South Platte. Now, I've floated the Colorado down by the pump house and down in those areas, and I've walk-waded the Colorado up more towards Granby. Um, if somebody's looking to walk-wade, where are a few spots on the Colorado they might find access? You betcha. Um, the pump house area is a good one. 
Um, I like going a little bit further upstream towards the town of Partial, which is uh, just west or just east, excuse, excuse me, of the town of Kremlin. And up by Partial, you get a lot of early, a lot of early season signs from the rainbows. You get a lot of rainbows trying to make their way up into the Williamsport tail water. Okay, yeah, so there's some great opportunities coming. Now, one other reason I wanted to get you on, first of all, people need to be out, and we'll tell people about your your where you guys are located and what you have to offer here in a minute because they're going to need, I think there's going to be, the conditions are going to change very rapidly, or they could this year, um, and we want to give them some ideas, but we also want to point them because you guys are always there with information. But, Chris, one of the things, I th- we're going to have two options this year. It's either going to stay very cool in the evenings, and we're not going to get much rain, and we're going to see runoff till about August, <laughs> or, or, or we're going to see it get really warm, which is more likely, and start getting some thunderstorms, and the river levels could be almost epic in some places. Yeah, yeah. So how I, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I agree with you in that <laughs> I anticipate it getting nice and getting the rain and having our runoff hit fairly quick in about mid-May. Now, there are some dam-controlled tailwaters that will stay fairly consistent. Even the Big Thompson River, they try to keep it fairly consistent. But these, there's going to be so much water, they're going to have to release some of that water uh, out into the rivers. They're not going to be able to hold it all. And the flows are going to become high. Now, that doesn't mean the rivers aren't at all fishable. First of all, let's talk about how you approach these high rivers. And let's talk about some other options. When the water's high, what's you, how do you approach it? What do you do when you're, you just want to fish a particular river, but the water's roaring pretty good? You know, that's a, uh, we get that question a lot at the shop, and it's a great one. High water makes a lot of people intimidated, um, and rightfully so, but there's definitely a lot of other options on the table for fly fishermen. And for me personally, once I start seeing the water flow start coming up, that opens the door for a lot bigger opportunities in terms of bigger flies, like stonefly nymphs and leech patterns, um, bigger patterns that we normally don't get to throw. Um, specifically, talk about the South Platte. The South Platte's notoriously, we throw little small bugs there. And when the water comes up, that opens the door to get to throw those salmon worms, those bigger flies. Um, you know, when you get to the river, you've got to obviously assess it. If it looks like it's a lot higher than what you've seen it, the fish feel that too. And a lot of times, they're going to be pushing closer to the edges of the banks or any kind of soft little current break mid-river as well. Yeah, and I think that's a great tip, too. The fact is, first of all, fish aren't going to quit eating because the river's high. It's going to be more difficult for them to feed. So bigger bugs give more visibility. But as far as finding those good current breaks or fishing by shore, um, that can be one of the best tips. And I think too many, too many times, too many anglers think they have to make a cast way out in the river. You, you can't control it in those currents. And you don't want to be walking out in the water the, during those high currents either. No, no. I mean, water is a dangerous thing, and it's something where, you know, when those water flows are really high, do yourself a favor. You don't even need to put waders on. You walk straight up the river and get all the fish you need without getting wet and putting yourself in a dangerous situation. That's one of the best tips. I give that same tip all the time. When the rivers are high, leave your waders at home because I'll guarantee you, 
you'll be tempted to take a step out just to make that cast. And when the rivers are high, it only takes one slip. And what you said, the fish are normally right by the shore anyway. You really want to be casting along the shoreline, not out there. But before we run out of time, too, I want to touch on another opportunity that I think is going to be great this year because we're going to see a lot of reservoirs that got drawn down pretty good last year fill up this year. And that's going to expose a lot of cover. It's going to put a lot of bug life, a lot of nutrients in the water. I think the stillwater fishing, which should always be an option for fly fishermen, is going to be as good as ever this year. And that's it. And that's another great escape. You know, when we have our runoff and we have our really high river flows, stillwater options, it's it's the time you want to be on stillwaters fishing too. It's, you know, the spinnies and enteros, 11 mile. Those lakes will start turning on fire for the fly fishermen and spin fishermen. Um, They're related to fly fishing. It's, you know, same leeches and egg patterns are great to use during that time on those lakes. Well, you're right. And there's going to be lots of opportunities. And now, you you know, as long as you don't go out too far, you can put your waders on if you want to wait out a little bit. But you don't necessarily have to. But a lot of fly fishermen hesitate to fish still water because rivers kind of tell them where the fish are with the current breaks and the flow. And the river also makes their presentation. In still water, you've got to kind of figure out where those fish are going to be, and then you've got to make the presentation and bring it to life. So it's a little different than rivers. But I think every fly fisherman is doing himself injustice if he doesn't become proficient fishing still waters. I think you offer some classes on both all types of fly fishing and then float tubing, which is a great way to get out in the rivers. Is that right? Yes, you bet. We definitely do. Um, And you hit the nail on the head when you said um, fly fishing, it's easier to read a river as opposed to reading the still water. And we have multiple guide trips we run to help teach people how to efficiently attack these lakes and go catch fish. And we run a float tube program that is another great resource for people. And you don't need to have any of your own equipment. We supply everything for you. And we teach you how to safely fish out of a float tube in a lot of these different lakes trout for bass for even walleye sometimes well you know in the spring a float tube can give you access to um, almost everything that swims in colorado because almost everything comes shallow in the spring at some time and lake trout can be an opportunity you mentioned walleyes and bass and there's just a number of fish and as the mountain lakes recede too even before you can get a boat on them you can get a float tube out or fish from shore so the, the granby's been fishing incredible for trout right by the shore as soon as we get some ice to recede it's going to be fantastic that's it and there's and again just more options for the angler to go attack it doesn't have to always be every um lakes i mean the, the options are endless, it seems like, for anglers to go and keep broadening their horizon and keep, you know, chasing those fish. All right. We have to move on, but um, <clears throat> why don't you tell people where they can find you guys and how, and some of the services you offer? You bet. We're the Blue Quill Angler. We're right up the hill, right up in Evergreen. We have a full-service fly shop, an online store, and also a full guide service. We, um, like I said, we do both rivers. We do a lot of still water. Out of float tubes, we have what great introduction classes for those of you who are kind of on the edge and want to learn about fly fishing. We have one of the best instructors around for that, and we're here to help you out any way we can. You can find us online at bluequillangler.com or call us at the shop at 303-674-4700. 
anything we can do to help you guys, give us a shout. That's what we're here for. Well, I'm going to have to let you go. I was going to tease you about your recent Florida trip because I know you had them all <laughs> down there. And I was yes, going to uh, tell you, taking one for the team. But we'll get, on, we'll get to that next time you call in. <laughs> that sounds good. I'll be thinking about it up until then anyways. <laughs> all right, Chris. Thank you. Chris from Blue Quill Angler. We're going to take a quick time out. We come out. We're going to go from the rivers and the mountains to the lakes in the southeast, and there is some incredible fishing available there, and we're going to tell you about it on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going right to the phones because I want to give plenty of time to this topic. Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is the aquatic biologist for the southeast area, uh, Jim Ramsey. Good morning, Jim. Well, now I'll say good morning, Jim. I guess I got to hit the button twice. It's my fault. Hello, Jim. Good morning, Perry. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Sorry about that. You know, I just got done talking about the runoff coming out of the mountains, the fly fishing, how some of these mountain lakes are going to fish. And I was thinking before I brought you up that I've been so blessed to film television and be an outdoor writer and fish virtually the whole Western Hemisphere. Uh, but but I'm even more blessed to live in a state like Colorado where we have these great cold water fisheries, but our our warm water fisheries really don't have to take a backseat to anybody, do they? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, some of our fisheries in the southeast would rival some of the better fisheries in Oklahoma and Kansas, some of your uh, waters that you think of more when you think of warm water fishing, but Colorado has some excellent warm water fishing opportunities. Well, they really do, and, and and when I knew you were coming on, I took our interview, and I, the one I had written an article in the Denver Post, and I put on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, that interview and my Post article from last year, and then I made a comment that you'd be coming on to update us, because things change. Uh, let's start out first, I guess, by saying, though in Southeast Lakes, we know John Martin, Anoshi Nagrande, uh, all those Last year was a pretty low water year. How did we come out, and where are we sitting as far as water in those southeast lakes? That's a good point, Terry. Um, you know she and Queens both were filled up in 2017 as part of a irrigation storage program. And uh, the, the dry summer last year, they used some of that water for irrigation, which we knew they would, uh, as dry as it was. They didn't put any of that water back in, so the, the lakes are a little bit lower, but they still they still have good water levels. The great thing about uh, University and Queens especially is they have very large dead pools, which means after the irrigation company uses all the water they can out of there, that leaves the remaining water there strictly for our recreation. And uh, we have boat, boat ramps that reach these dead pools, so you can launch a launch a boat and get out there and, and enjoy some fishing, some really good fishing in University and and uh, Queens this year. Now, on John Martin, I believe they've you've actually gone out, or the state has and either purchased or made some arrangements to keep more water in there. Is that right? Right. There was a deal reached between the state of Kansas and Colorado that had been a long time coming so we could keep our, uh, our permanent pool water in John Martin topped off at 10,000 acre feet. Historically, we hadn't been able to use that water to store for recreation. It had to be used strictly for irrigation. But through some deals made through the management of Colorado Parks and Wildlife staff, we've been able to secure that water for our permanent pool, which is really great news for the fishery at John Martin. We 
now we don't have to worry about the lake going dry and losing that entire fishery. That, 10,000 acre feet doesn't sound like a huge amount of water, but it's a substantial amount, and it would, it would protect our fishery at John Martin. That's awesome. What is the water level at John Martin now? And with the good snowpack, do you anticipate being able to add some water? Right now, the water levels at John Martin are between 150,000 and 200,000 acre feet, which that's about probably 50% of the lake's capacity, but that's a lot of water out there. That that gets water back behind the Rule Creek Bridge and water way to the west end where anglers like to fish. And you can actually launch boats off the Road 19 boat ramp currently. As the water levels recede throughout the summer through irrigation, that ramp will probably shut down. But currently right now, open the spring, it's, it's open for use. And we don't really know how much water we'll get from the snowpack this year or how much will you'll be able to keep in the register. We'll just have to keep tabs during the season. Yeah, as as the snow melts and the water comes down, you know, a series of lakes through Twin and Turquoise, and then the Pueblo Reservoir, and then through the Arkansas to John Martin, uh, how how fast it melts and how much rain we get, coinciding with the snow melt, all plays into that. But it's it's looking pretty good with the snowpacks that we have right now. Yeah, I think everybody's optimistic, and that's really good. Let's let's talk a little bit about the fishing, actually, in some of these lakes, because John Martin, I will talk about some of the others, but John Martin is the crown jewel down there, isn't it? I agree. It's poised to have an excellent season. We finished last fall with great numbers of white bass, wiper, uh, crappie, sawgai, and catfish, and those species are are looking really good. I'm, I'm really excited about the crappie opportunity that's going to be out there this spring. Lots of lots of fish in the 10-inch range. They should be easy to catch. Uh, anglers can just catch them from the shore on the Rocky Dam or any of the Rocky Points on the north side. Or uh, boaters should have easy chance at these fish, too, just get in those coves and, and work the rocks and should be able to catch crappie and as many as you want. It should be a good time. Now, there's a kind of progress where you see the crappies maybe are the first fish that really s- seems to turn on, and then maybe the saw guys or, or the bass, or how does it, is there a progression, or does it all kind of start waking up at once? Yeah, we usually see what, as the water starts getting into the mid-50s that all these species start to turn on and get hungry looking for food. The crappies and the white bass, last year, me and my son were fishing on the dam, and if we throw our jigs and fish the top, five feet of the water, we were catching white bass, and if we let the jigs sink down to the rocks, we were picking the crappies up out of the rocks. So, yeah, it was it was fishing for the, uh, all the species at the same time. And every now and then we'd get a saw guy, too. So the saw guys are there. You know, the tactics are a little bit different for walleye and saw guy. kind of have to work uh, more walleye-style lures for those if you're targeting, targeting walleye. But the, the crappies and the white bass are eager, and so are the saw guys. Well, you know, a, a, a jig head with something like a gulp minnow on it or something will catch all of those species. And, and you can you can have the fun of fishing different levels of the water column as you cast and really not know what you're going to catch. I used to love that. And every now and then I'd get a big drum, too, there. Which, yeah, those drums pull hard. <laughs> oh, my Lord, those things can tug. Um, so the, I've heard you, you told me last year the saw guys are getting some pretty good size to them. Right, we were catching some fish over 20 inches. They, they were very common. Uh, the average fish the anglers are going to catch are probably 16, 17, but uh, every now and then you'll get quality fish in the 20 to 22 inch range, and, and some clear up to 25, 26 inch range too. And you can keep on um, those those 16, 17 inch saw guys, right? 
Right. Uh, the rules at in John Martin are you can keep 10 saw guys or walleyes in aggregate and uh, any size fish you can keep. Yeah, and that's and the reason if people don't know one of the reasons you put saw guys into those lakes are they are a little more aggressive. They seem to do a little better in some of those plains types reservoirs, but they're also more more accessible from the shallow water and shore through more of the year too, aren't they? Right, we've seen the saw guys be a more angler friendly type of fish, easier to catch as you said from the shore. They inhabit shallower waters. They're easier to catch during the daytime. They're a really angler friendly fish and. Uh, they just have that hybrid vigor. You know, they're more aggressive than uh, their parent walleye or the parent sauger. And they're they're just a great fish. They they eat just as well as a walleye. They look just like a walleye. Most anglers would be hard-pressed. If you had a walleye in one hand and a sauger in the other hand, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference. Now, I'm going to have to steal a couple minutes because we should be at a break, but I want to keep you on because there's a couple things I want to cover yet. One is, before we move on from John Martin, the white bass, I've heard that if you can't catch white bass down there in the summer, you should probably take up bowling. But, <laughs> I mean, it's been prolific. But there's other species there, too, right? I mean, you've got the catfish and the largemouth bass. Right. The largemouth bass have really come on strong in the last couple of years. This high water cycle that we've had since 2017 has really benefited the largemouth bass. Uh, good numbers of fish, about 15, 16-inch fish common. Uh, the, the bass clubs have actually, last year there was one bass tournament at John Martin. This year I think there's eight bass tournaments. So words out on the largemouth bass at John Martin, it, 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 it's going to be pretty good. Now, real quick, maybe a minute or two, real quick, because we've got to move, but what are some of the other lakes you should hit, or what are some of the ones maybe you might want to get to quickly or avoid? Okay. Well, we, I just wanted to mention Blue Lake real quick, because that's been a popular destination in the past couple of years. The water levels are really low because they're working on the outlet there, and the number of the fish are still high. But the bomb cyclone that went through there with the 82-mile-an-hour winds a few weeks ago kind of whacked the crappies back a little bit. We had a, a small crappie die-off. There's still crappies out there, but uh, we did lose a few with that uh, heavy winds. You can get a boat on Blue Lake, but the ramp is really shallow. We're anticipating that that outlet structure will be fixed in the next couple of months, and then they'll, the lake will be refilled uh, as water becomes available. And then what about, um, I think... There was a couple other lakes, the Noshi and and um, I'm choking here on the uh, the largemouth lake, the one that was going down that you were. A... Oh, two two buttes, two yes. buttes, yeah, uh, two buttes in the very southeast corner of the state. Two buttes has an excellent largemouth bass population, but uh, water levels are declining because that lake sits on a dry stream. So we only, the only water we catch is when we get a big storm to fill that lake up. So we're hoping for a big storm to fill that one up. But I'm encouraging anglers to get down to two buttes and get in on some of that excellent bass fishing. And just in case that lake does go dry in the next year or two, that uh, you can enjoy that lake while we have it. All right. And I think a lot of what we talked about, like we're out of time, but a lot of what we covered last year is still the same down there. And folks, you can go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and hear my last interview with Jim, too, and an article I wrote for the Denver Post about it. Jim, we could talk for an hour, but people just have to get down there and take advantage of these southeast reservoirs. I agree, and John Martin is going to be, like you said earlier, a crown jewel. It's going to be an excellent place to go. Take a family. It's got a park. It's got all the amenities, good boat ramps, good facilities. Just an excellent place to go spend a weekend. Yeah, I could, I, I've could. i got to get down there. I'm just, you got me just chawing at the bit. Thank you, Jim. 
You're welcome, Terry. Thanks. You bet. Jim Ramsey. We're going to take a quick time out, but we're going to talk more fishing. Is We're going to go further back up the Arkansas now on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We are going to go right to the phones, and we're going to keep talking fishing. You know, we talked a little bit about the South Platte. We went down to the lakes around the Arkansas and southeast Colorado, and now we are joined by um, by Andrew Maddox from uh, the, the Salida Fly and from, by Tappan Brown for the park man, one of the park managers on the Arkansas. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning. I'll tell you what, it's beautiful here today. Are you experiencing this great weather down there? Yes, we are. Uh, opportunity to go out uh, fishing and boating yesterday. It's been beautiful here. Yeah, and I want to talk. I want to talk to both of you and get some response on some things before we even get into it. Though, Tappan, why don't you tell people where the uh, Arkansas Headwater Recreation Area is located, uh, and why don't you kind of describe the park? Okay, sure. Uh, Arkansas Headwaters Recreation Area is, is about 150 miles of the headwaters of Arkansas River, starting just below Leadville and flowing down into Lake Pueblo. Um, our visitor center is located in Salida, Colorado, and you can come in there and get a lot of great information on the river, um, fishing, access, camping, and all that information. And and the park, because of the park stretched along the river, it really does provide a lot of camping opportunities and public access, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, we have almost 70 recreation sites that allow for river access. About 20 of those are fee areas, but a number of them are free. Um, there's also a number of fishing easements that allow for access along the 150 miles of river. And about 100 miles of the river is considered gold medal waters for trout fishing. Well, and I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask this of Andrew. Andrew, um, as we progress through the year, I want to get into some things here in just a minute. But um, you really have quite a variety, and I'm sure you offer it through your guide service, of both um, float trips and walk wade fishing, don't you? Yeah, there's uh, there's great opportunities here on, on the Arkansas for both of those um, with all of our access up and down the river and, and then the great flows and the number of miles that we have here. The, the flow fishing is, is really spectacular here. Let's talk about the flows a little bit. I've been kind of going around to some fly shops and lakes and parks around the state and trying to assess the spring. Now, none of us know how this snow is going to come down. I mean, it could stay cold till August and we could get very little rain and, and we would see just good solid runoff through probably almost of the summer. More than likely, it's going to get pretty warm. We're going to get some rain and we could see some uh, pretty epic runoff. Is that what you guys are anticipating on the Arkansas this year? Yeah, we we are. Um, and, and like you said, it's really dictated by, I mean, one, how much snow we have up there, which, which there's quite a bit, but two, how that spring, the spring weather um, comes in and if it stays cool or, or gets hot. So, um, that, you know, really tough to predict exactly what our peak flows are going to be and when it's going to happen, uh, but really dictate, dictated by the weather. And right now um, we're having cool nights still and, and, and warm days and the snow's really not melting yet. And, and our reservoirs from our uh, low water season last year are, are fairly 
empty. So the flows in the river have stayed down and water clarity is, is good. And the, and the fishing is, is really prime right now. You know, uh, before we even get into some of the techniques you're approaching the rivers with, uh, when we get low water years, like we had a co- in the last couple of years, again, where the flows weren't where they normally are, we see a, sometimes see an accelerated growth rate in those browns on the Arkansas, where they actually they do a little better in that warm water and they feed a little better. Are you, did you see some of that? Yeah, for sure. Um, this, the size of browns especially, and the rainbows are, are larger than normal too. Um, but, yeah, they, those fish don't have to work very hard for the food. Um, food is still plentiful and, and they're able to put on, put on some, uh, weight and, and inches. So we're seeing some really nice sized fish come out of the river this spring. And, uh, and that's got a lot to do with those low flows last year. Now, um, if, how are you, what are you seeing happening right now on the river? If people are coming down, are you doing mostly walk weight? Or is there enough flow where you're floating a combination of both and what types of flies and tactics are you using? Yeah. So a uh, little of both, but uh, doing a lot of float fishing trips right now. We're at 560 CFS just downstream of Salida, which is just perfect to get out in the boat and float um, and gives us plenty of water that we can, you know, not be on top of the fish and be able to present flies to both sides of the river. And so the, the float fishing is really good right now. Um, and so, yeah, it, we in the last about last week, We've started to see our bluing hatch kick in, um, which is, you know, that's our first real good hatch of the year. We get midges a lot um, all throughout the entire year, but but springtime, our bluing hatch starts happening. And we've had a couple days over this last week, especially on those cloudier days where the where we've had a really good bluing hatch and those fish have started looking up and they've been hitting those dry flies. Now, so, is that bluing hatch kind of the banker's hour fishing it is in some of the other rivers where it doesn't get going till a little later in the day? Yeah. I yeah, lo- that's, that's I love that. <laughs> yeah, we've been seeing it. The The real good hatch has been happening from about 1 to 3.30 on the, on the bluing dries. Um, and so being out there at those times or just being ready, looking for it and ready to switch over from, uh, from your nymph rig, which we've been doing, catching a lot of fish on nymph rigs, um, with, uh, bigger, uh, pheasant tail bead heads and some, uh, even some midges and stuff like that. And been doing really good on that. But as soon as those fish start looking up and, and hitting the surface, we're switching over to some blueing all of dry flies and uh, and having a, a good time for, you know, an hour, hour and a half where they're rising on those dries. How long do you expect this blue wing hatch to be prolific? And when do you, when and if do you expect to see the big caddis hatches? Yeah, we'll see, we'll see that blue wing hatch, you know, mo- all of April and into the beginning of May. And then usually around um, mid-May, um, and it all depends on water temperatures, of course, but, um, but that early to mid-May, we'll start seeing caddis. We've already seen some caddis coming off, but not the big hatch like normal. So, you know, we always kind of talk about the Mother's Day caddis fly hatch here on the Arkansas. And so that's, that's a good time to kind of aim for, and, uh, and we'll start seeing that work its way from downstream to upstream. Um, and see those big caddis come off. And one of the things I've heard in the last couple of years is that caddis hash had diminished for a few years, but I've heard it's really coming back strong again. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing that. Um, we've got, you know, one great thing about the Arkansas is, um, is the water quality here just keeps getting better and better with our, with the mining reclamation up around Leadville. And so we're, 
we just have cleaner water and we're getting a more diverse bug um, bug hatch. And uh, and so, you know, the caddis really thrive in that that dirty water. Um, and so now we're getting a little bit more. We have more stone flies. We have more um, betas and, and blue wing olives um, type flies. And so it's getting more diversified um, and not as really focused on that caddis. But, yeah, the caddis hatch is coming back. We had some high flows right during prime caddis um time and, and it kind of washed a lot of them away but we're seeing it come back and it's um, i'm excited to see what it looks like this year all right uh, andrew real quick give your contact information and then i want to um talk to tappen about a new a new app that parks and wildlife has yeah so um the best place to find out information on salida fly is to go to uh um and there you can find out information on all the different trips that we offer and uh, we, we're even doing a, a fishing report, a weekly fishing report, to let everybody know where to go and what to use um, on the Arkansas River. And I'm sure we'll be checking with you guys about the current flows because it's going to be a few weeks. We're going to kind of probably have a better idea. Tappen, there's a new app out, I think, about matching the hatch that you wanted to tell people about. Yeah, uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife has a few fishing apps, and we just released the newest one. It's called Match a Hatch. Um, and it's a simple app. It's really probably designed for kind of a new fly angler um, to help identify flies that are hatching and then find an appropriate artificial fly. Um, that presents users with common aquatic insect typically hatching in Colorado during a specific month. And so it's a brand new app. Um, you can get it on the Apple Store or Google Play, so either device. And that links up with also our fishing app that we have is a great app to be able to find a good location. I also encourage people to check out the Fishing Atlas um, on our state website. Um, really has a, a lot of great places for people to access and be able to have a good time fishing. Um, Terry, if you don't mind, I'd also just like to throw in that we, Arkansas Headwaters Recreation Area, like many of our Colorado State Parks, has now transitioned to a camping reservation-only system. And so visitors that come, just be aware that, uh, you know, if you would like to camp at one of our seven campgrounds, uh, to go ahead and call or go online and make that reservation beforehand. And you can make it the same day if it's available. Yes, sir, that's correct. There is, uh, we, we got rid of the three-day window. It's uh, 24 hours a day. You can go online or call the reservation number. You can make a reservation on site, uh, but we encourage people to do so beforehand. Some of our sites have limited or no cell coverage. All right. That sounds great. Tappen, Andrew, thank you guys so much. And we'll get you back on soon because I think conditions are going to be in flux here for a while, but it sounds like people need to get down to the Arkansas right now. Yeah. Now it is prime time and uh, get out and catch some fish before the high water comes. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks, Terry. You Thanks, bet. Terry. That's our report from the Arkansas Headwaters. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. Mark Kite's going to join us from Sun Power Sports, and we're going to talk ATVs and motorcycles on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports. We're going right to the phones where we are joined by our good friend from Sun Power Sports, Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Terry. Uh, sorry, I hope, thank you for patiently waiting. You know what, what's going on is that 
get the, the weather has turned like it feels like spring and summer, and all of a sudden everybody wants to get outdoors. So every topic we bring up, people are just cabin fever. They're enthusiastic. They want to get out there and start doing it. I would think uh, ATVs and motorcycles are no exception to that. Yeah, no exception. They're definitely coming out of the woodwork now, which is so fun to see. And, you know, the service department's filling up and, you know, the sales floors are full and, you know, it's uh, it's fun. You know, I, I sure embrace the warm weather and the sunny weather. So it's it's awesome to see. Oh, you know, it's been a we, we looked like we were going to get warm in January and then we had a brutal six weeks of winter. Everybody's got cabin fever. Describe the dealership, Mark, for people that don't know and tell uh, and tell them about it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I mean, Sun Enterprises, a lot of people here in Colorado don't know much about the dealership, but Sun Enterprises is actually one of the world's largest power sports dealerships. So do a lot of stuff. We've got all the brands, Honda, Kawasaki, KTM, Polaris, Can-Am. We do Sea-Doo, Spider, Slingshot. We've got a standalone Harley-Davidson dealership. Um, You know, it's big, over 100,000 total square feet of showroom space, over five acres, takes up a full city block. Just super cool place. You know, it's it's, uh, an adult and kid toy store for sure so it's just it's just a lot of fun we sell fun you know oh and, and you walk through there and it's just amazing the different units every time i go in i see some i didn't even know they made one like that you know i mean just like it's crazy but and for all types of activities whether it's just trail riding or street riding or whether it's a, uh, something for work or something for hunting or we, we've talked ice fishing before or there's just so many uses for for the power sport uh products isn't there yeah absolutely you know personal watercraft we do a lot of jet ski stuff as well but yeah you know this time of the season you know is fun because it, it's it definitely is the full gamut of product you know we're really really getting set up we just uh changed the floor the showroom floor up yesterday uh and so we're really getting set for motorcycle seasons so we've got a lot of motorcycle stuff but atv and side-by-side stuff in colorado is just absolutely on fire so we do a ton of that and ironically we're we're really starting to move a lot of jet skis already early in the season yeah, well, a lot of people are just anxious to get out. Now, I, I said during the spot I was talking earlier before you came on that you guys do a lot of activities there, and people shouldn't wait for activities. They should come to your place because it's always a fun place to be, but I do think you've got a special one coming up. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of cool stuff coming on, and, and yeah, for sure, you don't want to necessarily wait just for the events. Like I said, it's an adult toy store. It's a lot of fun just to come up here, kick tires, see what's new. There's a lot of new product in the power sports world out right now. Uh, Honda Talon has is, is just came out, which is uh, Honda's new sport side-by-side, and we have them here at the dealership, so you can come see one of those. But, uh, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. We've got a lot of, lot of really cool stuff. We've got big sales coming up as far as events go. Um, our spring open house which is coming, and we'll talk about that a little bit more probably in the next show. Um, we're finalizing some dates, waiting on the weather just a little bit, you know. Uh, another huge event, you know, that we'll be uh, attending in force, which is a first since 1997, is that the uh, AMA Supercross is coming here to Mile High Stadium. So that's going to be really, really cool, and that's next Saturday. So wow. that's a big buzz in the Denver metro area right now in, in the motorcycle world. So just lots of exciting stuff going on for sure. Well, I know, and you guys have always been heavily involved in the motocross and stuff and didn't you used to do announcing i did yeah i used to announce some races for sure i used to race my son raced for a long time so yeah it's definitely in my blood that's my roots <laughs> yeah well you know i'm when it comes to uh, motocross i'm really good at talking about it too <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. 
Hey, Mark, tell them how they find you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can just find us. We're uh, at 89th and Washington and Thornton, I-25 to the 84th Avenue exit, east two blocks to Pearl, and just come up Pearl. We're about 89th. You can't miss us. Huge, huge campus. Or you can also find us on the web at uh, sunent.com. Hey, and thank you guys for being such a valued partner to this show and helping us bring this outdoor information to people for two decades, my friend. Well, it's a great show, Terry, and we appreciate uh, the long-standing relationship we have with you. You do a great job. Thank you very much. Well, you guys have made a big part of why we're on the air. So, Mark Kite, thank you very much. People at Stop By Sun. We'll talk to you soon, Mark. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. You bet. By the way, for those of you listening, wondering why we're not signing off, we're at our new summer time. So if you just tuned in, or if you're a long-time listener, we got another hour to go. And we're at our summer hours now. Instead of 9 to 11, we're 10 to noon. So put that in your calendar, and if you... Uh, if you can't make it all the time, you can listen to our podcast. And during the next hour, I'll tell you how you get the best way to get a hold of those podcasts. We'll take a quick time out, and Mr. Nate Zielinski will join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.